Welcome to Economic Development Secrets, where economic developers from across the country spill their secrets to our host, Nicole D'Souza. You'll hear firsthand accounts from economic developers in the trenches, from what works to what doesn't work, how deals come together or how deals go bad. You'll hear everyone's economic development secrets. Welcome to Economic Development Secrets. We have a very special guest this month, Kenny McDonald, who is not only the President and Chief Economic Officer at One Columbus, but he is also the current chair at the International Economic Development Council. Kenny shares with us about how the coronavirus has impacted his community and what his team's response has been to the pandemic. He also gives us an update on what the International Economic Development Council is currently working on. Here are Kenny's economic development secrets. Hi, Kenny. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Economic Development Secrets podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, I'm excited for our chat. Can you start out by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, please? Sure. Uh, Kenny McDonald, I'm the president and CEO of One Columbus, which is a regional economic development group in Columbus, Ohio, uh, 11 counties wide, uh, in charge of uh, our regional strategy, uh, business retention and expansion, attracting industries and supporting high growth firms uh, in our market. And I have been an economic developer now for uh, uh, nearly 25 years and been in Columbus for 10 of those years, uh, been around the country in Albuquerque, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, Savannah, Georgia, and for a brief period of time, I did uh, some site location work uh, for Floor's global, global Location Strategies team. Um, and I am currently chair of the International Economic Development Council. Wonderful, thank you. Well, can you also tell us about your organization and your community? I'd love to. Uh, Columbus, Ohio and the Columbus region is uh, uh, encompasses all of central Ohio, uh, anchored by the city of Columbus, the second largest city in the Midwest now, and uh, home to um, state capital of Ohio, Ohio State University and a number of other colleges and universities. Um, about 150,000 enrolled college students in our region, um, and the home to about uh, 14 Fortune 1000 companies, including um, Cardinal Health and um, Nationwide Insurance and um, L Brands, and uh, a number of uh, uh, very high profile um, retail brands like Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie and Fitch, DSW Shoes uh, are all headquartered in our market. And um, uh, we've been one of the fastest growing communities in the Midwest, in fact, in the country over the last 10 years. And like everyone else, we are um, watching a lot of that uh, work and, and growth dissipate fairly quickly during the crisis. And um, we're anxious uh, to get back to business uh, and whatever that's going to look like uh, in the months and years to come. Great. Well, can you tell me what some of the strengths of your organization are? Um, well, um, we pride ourselves on being a, a, you know, a, a professional services firm and uh, try to hold ourselves to a standard just like a law firm or an accounting firm or, or other professional services would 
in that we want to be a uh, we want to be a professional guide to people that are making location decisions um, in our region um, and uh, that impact our region. So we work with hundreds of companies across our region every year to um, uh, help guide them in their location decisions, whether that's uh, small things like renewing a lease um, or perhaps expanding space to making some very important strategic decisions about new facilities. Um, and then we work globally uh, with firms in Europe and Asia um, to help bring them to the United States and hopefully to our region every year. And we're doing dozens of those projects every year successfully, and we're working with hundreds of companies in the process. Um, we, we take great pride, especially right now, in doing the things that add value to the companies and uh, whatever the moment in time brings us. Uh, currently, that is you know, how to deal with uh, the coronavirus um, uh, itself uh, and the safety of their employees, um, securing the relief funds from the federal government um, and navigating their place in the world going forward. Well, and for our listeners, just for reference, we're going to be talking about the coronavirus today, among other things. And so since uh, information is changing so rapidly, I just want to let you know today that we're recording it is actually April 20th. Um, just so that as people, if you hear this in a few weeks, you know, who knows where we're going to be, but that's the yeah, day that we're, we're talking about what we're talking about today. Um, so Kenny, how has your community been impacted by COVID-19 thus far? Well, um, in, in a number of different ways. First, um, we were one of the first communities in the country to shut down a major event. Uh, we have something called the Arnold Festival here, which brings close to half a million visitors to our community from around the world for a sporting event, um, bodybuilding competition, strength competitions. Uh, it's one of the biggest in the world. And when we, when we closed that down in early March, it was um, very controversial. Um, you know, a week or two later, that didn't look so controversial. Um, but I'd say the first impact came uh, in our visitor community, in our hotels, in our hospitality industry, um, in those visit places that host visitors, um, and um, the adjoining small businesses like restaurants were, were impacted first and foremost. And I think, uh, obviously, they continue to be uh, impacted on a daily basis. As it's unfolded, um, there's several things that are going on. Um, you know, we're a major headquarters location for a number of the retail brands in the country, and um, retailing in the retail industry was undergoing enormous change prior to the uh, the virus and the pandemic. Um, and we are seeing it unfold in a, kind of an interesting way. It's the things that we thought would happen over a five-year period, perhaps even over the course of a decade, um, have accelerated and, and some have almost occurred overnight um, as people have, you know, leaned into e-commerce um, as the primary source of um, selling and delivering their goods. Um, thankfully, we're a huge logist logistics center here in the middle of Ohio, in the middle of, of North America. Um, one of the largest uh, logistics centers in the country. We also have a big part of that business, many of those same retail brands and many, many others from around the world execute here. So we've seen growth in e-commerce 
through our market and the change of our retail sector. Um, we are also a huge automotive center. Honda has their manufacturing headquarters here and engineering headquarters for um, all of North America are here in the Columbus region. So the, um, you know, the uh, automotive sector being out of business for the time being is a crisis all unto itself uh, with its corresponding supply chain and thousands and thousands of employees in our region. Um, so um, we feel like we have a great and a diverse economy. Right now, some really big aspects of it are shut down and severely impacted. So like everyone else, we're scrambling to um, find what that might mean over the future, um, while being also very committed to the health of our citizens and uh, residents of Central Ohio. Yeah, it's insane seeing how quickly information is changing, how quickly people are having to reevaluate, adapt to working differently, learning differently, um, just living differently. And then as economic developers, our own response um, in dealing with it and helping our community. So what has your organization's response to the coronavirus been or what initiatives have you enacted? Well, a, a number of things. Um, first and foremost, it had an impact on our team and how we work, obviously. Um, we are a service organization, so operating virtually and operating via um, you know computer almost solely um, is is not as difficult as, as it is in some industries um, but it's difficult during a crisis when you know you'd like to be together you know you'd like to both uh, strategize and maybe commiserate together occasionally to give each other comfort you know that's even lost in this in this crisis because you're doing that virtually as well uh, I give great credit to our team to their quick response to beginning to operate like that. We, we almost immediately put a focus in two areas of concern for us. One is we wanted to begin, uh, we accelerated our outreach to companies um, by 10X. So we've talked to hundreds and hundreds of companies, um, those, those companies that make up our economic base over the last month. And we've learned an incredible amount um, even beyond what we knew about our economy before. And we have a much, maybe we even have a better understanding of the businesses that reside in our community now. And while we were doing that work before, it was by a project on project by project basis. Now we have a, a more holistic view of, you know, the sectors and uh, deep understanding of some of the pressing issues for, for them. And quite frankly, some of the growth opportunities uh, in uh, financial services, insurance services, healthcare services, and technologies that are being built and deployed here. Um, our second focus was on the communities themselves. So as a regional organization, we represent you know, dozens of cities as well as 11 counties, you know, very broad, diverse um, uh, community set from rural communities to very urban communities here in the city of Columbus. And we've also learned a great deal about their, uh, the impact on them, their exposures, um, their resiliency, and we've helped to connect them with each other, uh, allow them to share best practices a little bit more seamlessly uh, to not only learn from each other, but take comfort from each other in terms of how they are um, you know, passing along those learnings. Um, and uh, to some degree, you know, 
we just had two goals out of this. One, add value. Um, even if that didn't um, align with what we were doing 60 days ago, uh, we, if we're clients need it, if communities needed it, we need to, we need to do it and execute on it. Um, and the second thing is to do everything we can to build trust during this period and to do things uh, above and beyond what we usually do uh, to serve those clients in those communities. And uh, I could say every week I see, you know, really dozens of things that our team does and our economic development partners do uh, to build that trust in each other as we go through this. Well, what has the response of your community been? Not necessarily to you, but you know, to the coronavirus. Are you seeing other members of the community step up or providing help, or um, what are you seeing? Yeah, we're we're very fortunate to have a very organized business community. We have something called the Columbus Partnership, which um, brings together the largest companies and employers. And it's a well-known entity in Central Ohio that. Um, um, builds understanding and personal relationships uh, among not only those private sector CEOs, um, but with the elected officials from the governor to the different mayors and, and county commissioners that we have. That strength, that practice of bringing them together um, has proven to be a very valuable asset. So I give great credit to the Columbus Partnership for all of their work during this. Um, to aggregate that data, to learn from those companies, to engage directly um, with them and to allow them to, you know, to tie them together with our elected leaders here in, um, in the region, in the state, um, and in Washington. And that, that has, uh, that's provided enormous benefit, I think, to all parties mutually. Um, we've also seen, um, you know, honestly, I think most Ohioans are extremely proud of the way that Ohio has approached this with a very um, science-based approach, um, a very conservative approach initially that we think will actually help us in the end of the day. One of the first states to, you know, to uh, go to work from home um, and shut a number of things down. We've substantially flattened the curve of uh, the health crisis and allowed our healthcare entities to build capacity and um, prepare themselves for what could be a very long battle. Um, but um, they're getting more prepared every day as we allow them to do that. Um, and the conversation now is how do we go back to work um, and what's the process that um, is gonna allow us to do that and do that safely. And then you know, what strategies are we gonna deploy and, and um, uh, you know, what tactics are we gonna change uh, to get to the destination that we wanted to get to before this, um, but perhaps do so in a different way. Great, great. Well, and then it's extremely exciting that you are the current chair for the International Economic Development Council, IEDC. Um, for listeners who might not know a lot about IEDC, do you want to give a little plug and tell them what IEDC is about? Of course, I want to give a plug for economic developers, number one. Um, I, I am one, but I'm also, I get the good fortune to represent uh, over 5,000 members at the International Economic Development Council and uh, board of directors numbering over 50 who give their time and expertise to help um, move our profession forward. Uh, I think beyond the health officials and the, and the heroic efforts of the um, those working in 
um, uh, in the community to save lives every day. Economic developers, you know, are a second line of defense in this crisis um, for what is emerging to be the biggest economic challenge, uh, perhaps since World War II. And um, IEDC, IEDC represents really the best of those uh, people across North America. Many international members around the world who are also impacted by this are uh, also contributing greatly to the knowledge base of the economic development community, uh, and also just coming together uh, again to share best practices across regions of the country and areas of the world and different practice areas from small business to um, workforce entities to um, um, uh, even neighborhood development and how that's all uh, coming together is honestly incredibly inspiring. I can say that I'm, well, I was proud to be the chair um, at the beginning of this year through this crisis, my pride in the profession and the people that executed every day has grown steadily with the efforts that I've seen and the just the caring and the effort that people are putting in over the last 30 or 40 days has been um, just absolutely um, awe-inspiring. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, uh, can you give us an update as to what IDC is working on right now in response to the pandemic? Absolutely. I think uh, there's there's several things that the IDC is doing that I think are very valuable. Um, the RestoreYourEconomy.com website is a great resource for any economic developer, any community member um, that's interested in how they're going to not only deal with the short term, um, the programs um, that are being rolled out um, from different states as well as uh, in Washington uh, across the United States, uh, but also long-term strategies to restore, rebuild, maybe regenerate growth in their communities going forward. Some terrific resources there um, that are being posted every day. There's been a series of free webinars from some of the world's leading experts like uh, Richard Florida uh, uh, and a bunch of our uh, IDC sponsoring partners who you know, com contribute every year uh, to the IDC platform, but also you know, highlighting um, uh, the things that they're doing with their clients, uh, both communities and companies, and bringing that together, um, that community together. We've had thousands and thousands of people engage in those webinars uh, over the last three weeks, and we intend to continue to do that to make sure that as the waves of this crisis change and unfold, that IDC is there to provide relevant content and expertise, uh, and the community can come together uh, as an economic development community uh, to help each other execute at a local level. Wonderful, yes, all those resources are so helpful. And I know we've always found IDC as such a great resource uh, for economic developers and now even more so, of course. And we were really sad to see that the Economic Future Forum uh, for June was canceled, but uh, we're so hopeful. We're looking forward to um, the annual conference in October in Dallas. And uh, I know there, yes, yes. And I know there was a, a group of us, myself included, who we were planning on actually taking the um, certification exam in June. So I guess now we have three more months to study. <laughs> so we better pass it on the first time. <laughs> well, it's a very, um, it's, it's obviously, uh, you, you have to be a people person one way or the other to be an economic development professional. 
and so there's a um, there's a different um, um, yearning to for you know to gather again um, and to give each other comfort a little more personally. You know, uh, there's gonna be lots of hand, there's gonna be lots of uh, um, stories to be told when we can when we can gather again about how we got through this in our local areas and collectively. And we're uh, we're excited for that time in Dallas. We've had to cancel a few conferences, like every other association or industry. Um, but um, it's going to be a good day when we can all see each other again and and um, have a beverage and uh, swap stories and talk about how we're rebuilding America and and the world in a, maybe even a better way. Yes, I absolutely look forward to that day. Well, and then switching gears a little bit, can you tell us about your regional growth strategy? Yeah, you know, it's interesting you asked me that today. I um, was thinking a lot about this over the last uh, week or so that, you know, we got to the end of a decade um, just months ago. And for many of, the, of us, that was a milestone uh, here in the Columbus region, that was certainly a milestone for us. It, we sort of had a strategic plan that came to an end, another one that we launched. And, you know, some would question whether that plan was on target, you know, just four short months later, given the crisis and everything that had, it has surfaced and, and um, you, know, um, you know, brought to the surface for everybody. And as I, I went back and just kind of spent some time in our documents and I'm more convinced than ever that, you know, well, in economic development, your strategies are constantly changing, your tactics are constantly changing. Um, if your plan is based in principles and not tactics, um, you know, you got to focus on that. And when I look at our plan, it's very principle based. And we believe wholeheartedly that we've got to do everything we can to um, help the companies in our region first and foremost um, to be the most competitive they can be. That's the first pillar of our plan. The second thing is, you know, we'll have companies that, that um, start and fail in our region. Uh, and we're going to constantly have to be recruiting new companies to our market from uh, around the world uh, to make sure that we're diversifying our economy. And third, that we need to be partners with small business and entrepreneurs in our region, particularly those high growth firms um, that do create organic brand new jobs for our economy and investing in all three of those things very consistently. If we do that and um, in, in a parallel way, we actually work with our communities and we commit to working across boundaries, uh, whatever those might be, geographic, jurisdictional, um, you know, organizational, uh, and, we, and, we, and we collaborate, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be better off. The tactics are going to change. The principles simply do not. And so I feel as um, almost hardened about uh, those principles as, as I ever was. Um, and I'm excited about, you know, the tactics that we're deploying right now. And I'm curious about the tactics that we're going to have to deploy in the future, the creative ways we're going to have to figure out ways to bring life to what is a, an economy that's in a coma right now, uh, not only here, but, but around the country and around the world. Wonderful. Well, and it's great that you guys are forward thinking already with how you're being impacted and how you'll 
ensure that you stick to this plan um, moving forward. Well, Kenny, I have a few wrap-up questions for you. The first one is, what is your biggest economic development secret to success for other economic developers out there listening? I, I don't know. I, I was talking to a class at Ohio State uh, just a week ago, and it was a group of students that were uh, studying um, public administration, and the leader of the class asked a similar question um, about getting into the industry. And I would and, and ask what I looked for in a person that we would hire into the industry. Um, after a little bit of thought, I uh, my answer was that I think you just have to have deep curiosity. You know, I think that um, we are we're faced with a huge challenge right now. Uh, but if it isn't this one, it's going to be something else. It's going to be a downturn in an industry. It's going to be another change in the economy or in technology that's going to impact, you know, the way we build our cities and states and in our world. Um, and you got to be deeply curious and dive into it, no matter what it is. So if you're if you are, um, you know, if you're willing to constantly be ready for change and embrace it and get better every day and be curious and just almost uh, enthusiastic about those changes, I think you're going to do just fine in economic development. So uh, what I encourage is, you know, continue to learn, uh, continue to ask questions, uh, continue to try to explore and use all the different ways you can do that, be that IEDC or through your state associations or, you know, through the technology platforms that are available to all of us now. Um, to go into online education, things like that, learn about new ways to deploy things. The thing that I found most beneficial is, is to not only do those things, but to learn from other leaders. And so forums like this and um, uh, peer organizations, whether they're small groups or um, big entities and platforms like IEDC, uh, I take heart into know, knowing that I'm not the only one trying to figure this out. Uh, and think about our communities. And um, there's lots of other people that are a lot smarter than me. Um, they're doing it, doing it really well that I can learn from. Wonderful, that's all great advice, thank you. Well, and my last question, I saved the hardest one for last, is what is your favorite hobby? <laughs> oh, um, well, I am staring at a golf course and I, I am um, trying to get um i'm trying to work less and, and do a little bit more of that and get back into something that, that i used to spend a lot more time doing uh crisis is not making that any easier on me uh, but i'm pretty committed to making sure that 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 happens um and uh, with three children um their hobbies are my hobbies so i you know watch crew and uh, uh dance and all the other sports and activities that they love to do so um you know uh, uh, boring, boring old uh, suburban dad here. I think that sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kenny, thank you so, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate all that you've shared. And I know that all of our listeners also really appreciate you taking the time to share with us about your own community's response and you know, to the coronavirus and everything happening at IDC. It's so exciting, and I absolutely look forward to seeing you in person in Dallas, because 
gotta have it. <laughs> Economic Development Secrets is brought to you by Impact Dashboard, the only impact software built for economic developers. For more information on this podcast or to listen to past episodes, check out www.impactdatasource.com.